All right. Okay. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hey, it's Bottoms Up Live. It's episode 14, and we go talk about the future of work. So, um, excited um, to be on the show tonight, and we have Amy Quick and also Jennifer. So, Hi, everybody. Hey, Timothy Bear. Hi, Timothy Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Looking good, Tim. He's got his <laughs> branding. Got the brand. You are gonna be the daddy with the teddy, and, and you know, daddy with the teddy. That's good. Daddy with the teddy. I think there's a new brand being birthed here. Yeah, it's so. the Timothy. It's the Timothy Bear. Oh, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. There you go. <laughs> so I think um, before we start, um, let's have our Amy. Um, share a little about yourself, um, you know, what you do, and um, I know you have your own show as well, so um, talk to us a little about that. Okay, I'll, I'll definitely plug my own show on your show. It's cool. Well, first of all, Bottoms Up. Um, <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> my plan is to drink that entire thing by the end of the show, so we'll see how Amy's doing at the end of that. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I am, um, well, first of all, I am a territory account manager for Fortinet. So that's my day job. Um, and, uh, I sell cybersecurity and I've been in the IT, uh, tech sales world for, for about three years now. Um, and I've been in sales in general for uh, about 16 years. So, um, I, uh, am also the co-founder though of plug in my own show five on Friday, uh, which is a peer-to-peer -peer sales and marketing mentoring group. So uh, we we hook up every Friday on a on a Zoom and just help people run through like demo presentations and pitches and call scripts, and we just give them general advice and feedback and encouragement on that. And last week I was in the hot seat, so I was uh, pitching my new company product one after one solid week on the job. So uh, wow. that was fun. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Thanks for having me. Hey, we're glad to have you too. So Jennifer, for those who don't know, that's actually my wife. So um, why don't you share a little background about yourself as well? So, Well, I am Kevin's wife. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's just nice to be here tonight. Um, I help him to, um, I'm the business development manager for J29 Creative, which we own together. And um, it's just a pleasure. We work side by side remote right now. Sometimes that is amazing. And sometimes that is not amazing. And I think <laughs> that that's, and I think that that's kind of what we're here to talk about tonight is, um, you know, the future of what that looks like. And so, uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. We have two small boys, five and seven. So just trying to balance, um, you know, that, that business and that desire as an entrepreneur to grow with two small, you know, two small guys that constantly want to be played with and want attention is, is quite challenging. So I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say. So, so Jennifer, Jennifer being um, Kevin's wife is the day job, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is all day and all night because the man... <laughs> The man doesn't get a lot of sleep. He runs on not a lot of sleep. So, right. yeah, I'm, I'm up at night listening to business as well. 
<laughs> she she gets her own live show <laughs> all, all night. <laughs> Me <Yeah>. talking. <laughs> That's a good one. I get pre-production, post-production, and all the production that I don't want. I get it all. <laughs> well, it's awesome to have all of you. So we have a lot of personalities on the show. So um, I think let's start with the first question. So we're talking about the future of work and what that means for you and even the audience, right? Um, feel free to chime in if you have a question. Um, we'll do a little something like this and we'll show off your question. So awesome. So pretty much um, the first question is, what does work look like for you nowadays? Mm -hmm. Shall we start with Amy? Oh, work right now is, I would say it's, it's a learning experience, right? So I started a brand new job in the middle of COVID-19 and everything that was going on there and a sales job at that. Um, so that was, uh, that was intense. You know, that was a scary transition for me, honestly, because I went from a job where I knew what I was selling and I knew what I was doing and I knew the team, I knew what to say, I knew the process. Um, and I, I landed myself in a company in a much more um, high pressure role uh, with a, I mean, I went from selling two products to like, I don't know, four, there's 40 maybe. And they're like, it's kind oh of funny. because It's like 40, 40, everything, 40 gate, 40 net, 40 web. Um, so I'm assuming they have 40 <laughs> products. I don't exactly know yet. Um, <laughs> But uh, sure yeah, so say that here? Sure? What's that? Sure yeah, it's safe to say that here. Like, you, you, you oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think I'll still have a job tomorrow, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think for for me, work is um, like okay. Now I really have to dig into a new job and and get up and ramp up and get up and running really really fast. Um, the pressure's on, and um, coming out of you know this everything that's going on with COVID-19, I mean, even as strong as the company is that I'm working on this last quarter, they, they did struggle, right? They didn't necessarily hit quota every time. And so I'm kind of coming into the sales team with a very high expectation of what I'm going to be able to achieve. And that's, um, there's a lot of pressure there. So I think for me, the, the whole work dynamic right now is very much like, I got to get in, I got to own it. And um, I can't make any excuses. I got to dig in and get to work. So that's a lot of pressure, but we'll see. We'll see if I cave or if I, in a year, I'm like back on the show, <laughs> maybe with a promotion, maybe with a different job. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see. Best of luck in so, the world. Yes. Right. Martini, martinis always help, I've heard. So Exactly. Especially in sales. Just give them... Yeah three or 10 of those and they'll buy anything for me. Yeah. Bottom, <laughs> bottoms up. Right. <laughs> That's great. This is live, right? It's happening. <laughs> it's what about nice you, Jeremy? Nighttime. Um, I think, I think um, amongst um, the six of us, uh, probably Amy and myself are, you know, uh, corporate people working for uh, MNC, I presume, you know, big company, that kind of thing. Um, I think as with everything that's going around, uh, the issue here now is that uh, with the pandemic, you can't really go to work in an office. 
So which begs the question, um, how practical is uh, an office these days, right? Um, which is probably one of the things we're going to discuss. Um, I think largely for me, uh, other than the fact that the way we work is different, uh, working from home mostly now, uh, the, the, the other huge difference is uh, because I'm in marketing, the immediate impact, um, not other than budgets being cut, right? Everyone's struggling, is that uh, everything is going online. Um, uh, specifically, you know, uh, promotions, uh, advertising and promotions, um, if they haven't gone online yet, they will be. And uh, more importantly, you know, events. Um, so it used to be that, you know, I look forward to organizing uh, physical events like uh, conferences, meetings in hotels, you know, you, you get buffet lunches and cakes and breaks and all that. Uh, it's all going to go online. So that's kind of like the major difference for me. I mean, other than the obvious things like, you know, you work longer hours for some weird reason. Well, I, I use, I, because I, I report into the US, uh, the main teams in the US, so I do get to do night calls, but somehow now, despite not having to commute, uh, the whole the whole concept of what time you start at, what time you end sort of blurs even more now. Weekends mm. as well. Um, don't know why that is so. Um, but maybe there's a different phenomenon elsewhere. I'm, I'm not sure. But uh, personally, uh, with a lot of my other colleagues, you know, uh, WFH doesn't really stand for working from home. It, it probably stands more for uh, working freaking hard. Um, I don't know why that is so. Yeah. So, so, so that's, that's kind of the difference for me, right? Uh, yeah, working longer hours and uh, things are getting online with events going online. So new skill set that I really need to uh, polish up really is, you know, how to organize webinars from registration to getting people to come on and doing survey after that and then the next one, you know. So so that's kind of like the, the main difference for me. Awesome. We got a we got a question from the audience. I actually can answer that because it, it's very pertinent to um, what I do. So you need to talk louder. Yeah, go can ahead, Sam. Just yell. Yeah, own can it. Guys, come on. Me? There you go. Yeah. Yeah, we can hear my, you my just bad. louder. Yeah. Go. Uh, yeah. No, what I said was we got a question from the audience and I can answer because it it's actually very relevant to uh, what I do. Perfect. So, you know, the, que the question is, are some of the folks on the panel looking to revisit the markets they sell into due to COVID? And my answer is yes, because a lot of what I do is B2B. So, yeah, having the ability to knock on doors is definitely a plus after, you know, everybody reopened because of COVID. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking to you know, do some door knocking, uh, get some local business because it's a little bit easier to do it when people's doors are open. So the answer is yes. I'm, I'm definitely revisiting markets that I can sell into now that, you know, they've reopened the economy. That, that would be my answer to that. Yep. And I, I can chime in on that too, Francois. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, same with us here um, with digital marketing. Um, you know, early on, actually, um, when I reach out to um, how I met Eldrick and Jeremy, um, I am, you know, I was looking at expanding. Um, I saw COVID was um, happening out in China and I saw where the market would be, um, unfortunately, in the U.S., you know. So I foresaw that um, back in February. And so I wanted to um, start expanding my voice out in Asia um, being uh, someone of Asian descent. So I started really building my influence and connections out there. Um, um, so around Thanksgiving, I even went out to um, Cambodia and, and made some um, business connections out there because um, 
Um, the world's changing. We're more connected than ever. Yeah. And I think people need to look outside of their border. You know, stop looking at just your local market, but look at, uh, you know, we have Sim today. We have live shows today. Uh, we have social media to connect with others. And um, uh, we need to look at everyone that's equal opportunities. And um, it, it expands your horizon and your market so much better. Because, hey, uh, would you either sell to a handful or, you know, a bucketful? You know, so um, the opportunities out there, you just have to go get it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jennifer Aldrich, you guys want to chime in on the original question? <laughs> There's so many questions. We just already know. <laughs> <laughs> what does work look? What does work look like for you right now? Yep. Go ahead, uh, okay. Aldrich. Yeah. I'll let Aldrich go. I think that the future is now. Um, especially with uh, what we're experiencing, which is a different timeline in terms of the lockdown or the circuit breaker or the easing and things like that. Uh, we might be moving in different timelines, but actually what we're experiencing is the same. So how are we coping during this period? It will go down in recent history as the standard playbook. If and when something like a COVID-21 or whatever that comes, we know that the policymakers are going to have a heavy hand in terms of actually detecting the direction, right? So for most of us, uh, business folks or as individuals, I think the important thing is to recognize that, hey, when, when something is closed, what's available? Um, I, I would go on to say that um, for during this period, the ability to, to become a competent digital native has saved a lot of lives and businesses. I think that's the future. We are living it today. It will stay and become mainstream. This is what I think. So if we look at that, so if we look at the trend and then what the policymakers are doing and we look at how we are adapting and surviving, uh, the future of work is one where technology and us will be very heavily integrated while the physical world will undergo a lot of challenges um, to, to the question that was curated, um, whether we are focusing on getting out again or we are looking at localization, I think the question is about context. Uh, why I say that? If, like myself, I'm operating in a free economy, Singapore, we are small. Our market is small. So the way in which we have to survive, like Hong Kong, which is a free port of sorts in Asia, is that we have to look up. The way in which we look upwards brings revenue, dollars, and imports into our country. In that sense, we don't have a choice. But when there's a physical lockdown, then how do we do that? Right. So I think being a competent digital native, it's a way in which we operate in a digital VM where there is no geographical borders. Right. I can speak to someone uh, as this. I spoke to Anicha Abdu from Mozambique like yesterday. Right. We, we, we have no business. We have no business in the physical world, but we got together. So, so I think that's, that's going to be 
the playbook for the future. Mm-hmm. And I think we should also look at how the economics, uh, international economics is going. It's a, that trend is going to stay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially for smaller countries. I think there's a lot of self-awareness going on that, especially for us and for Hong Kong and for Taiwan, where we are dependent on other countries for food supplies. Mm-hmm. If our leaders are not worrying, I'm worried. And I think there's some business opportunities to be done there, right? So, so there's a lot of uh, exciting things that's going on. Of course, work in itself is a paradigm on top of all these trends that we're looking at, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people that is calling for a demise or a huge deflation in real estate. I don't think so. The issue is not about the real estate. The issue is about space. We can no longer pack so many people close enough to work. We need distancing, right? And that comes from policy. But what that's going to mean <clears> is that developers, they're still going to get into real estate, but they are going to revamp the way they look at space. Meaning to say, you're going to have more safety distance, thinking about how you're going to interact with your colleagues, right? Those will stay. It won't go away, right? So that's what I think. So there's international economics, there's the commercial real estate and the way we are operating now and accepting the fact that policymakers in times like this, they're totally going to dictate the way we are going to move. I think that's the future of work. That's me. And that's interesting that you brought that up, Eldrick. I was just talking to a commercial real estate professional um, the other day um, and he was mentioning, you know, the commercial real estate world and even real estate period is designed on yeah. square footage, right? So yeah. everything's based on um, square footage and is maximizing square footage. But after COVID, everything's changing, you know, it's no longer maximizing that square footage. So um, it kind of drives um, value different. So it is. Yeah. And they have to, they have to relook at the way they think about, commercial real estate or retail, hmm. like malls, right? So it's not about maximizing the total number of uh, the, to- the total number of people on a square foot area, but really is the utility of that space. Hmm, that's are good. we gonna block it up? Are we gonna yeah. block it up and not have anyone standing there? If we can't have anyone standing there, then what can we do? Like what can we do? Are we utilizing uh, customer experience through technology to fill up that space and things like that. It's going to be very exciting. It's not the way I see in the mainstream media calling for a huge deflationary bubble. It might. But as humans, we will innovate. We have never, we have never died from any major events. We are where we are today because our forefathers survived and innovate, isn't it? So that's what I think. That's the future from my perspective. So I'm I'm really curious before oh I'm sorry Tim did you have something that you wanted to share? Go ahead. I was gonna share I was gonna share something really silly, but I was gonna say see, I'm wearing the polo today. I'm wearing the polo today because I want to be known like Alder Chen with the, the curly blowout. That's, that's all I'm say. Uh, ex- only problem is I think he normally wears kind of that you know the pink polo or maroon right Aldrich yeah. am I right? Yeah. 
I got to break out a little color. But that's yeah, right. there you go. <laughs> go ahead, Jen. So, um, so I was just going to say before, um, before I share my portion is, you know, of course, um, Amy and Kevin and I, well, and Timothy kind of know what's going on um, on this side of the world. But I'm actually curious to hear from you and Jeremy how does um, how does everyday life and work the work life look for you right now? And what is that? What do you foresee here in the near future? As far as um, are you guys going into the office yet? Are you working completely remote? Um, you know, Jeremy, how is it if you are working remote with your your children around, um, or just trying to balance your life right now in Singapore? Because it is, you know, when we talk about East meets West. You know, um, I want to hear from you guys' perspective and let people hear that. Oh, can I just can yeah, I just check? Yeah, Amy, you're in uh, UK, right? No, no, I actually I grew up in the UK though, but so I have family over there. But I'm actually in Dallas, Texas. Right. So and right, right, right. Yeah. Well, Texas well, was like the, very the, least, rebel, the rebel state, you know. At, at <laughs> the very everyone's gonna die in this state. <laughs> but, but I was gonna say. At the very least, we have representation like from you know, three sections of the world, right? Absolutely. And I can talk like this if you want me to, but it might get a bit weird the further in I go, you know? <laughs> I'll, stick with, I'll stick with the American accent there for you. Well, I'll sorry, sorry. You. I, oh, go ahead. I digress. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I, was just gonna, I was just going to say we came up with the term, or not we, but I've heard the term COVID idiot. Um, COVID and I, def I definitely think that. Um, you know, and, and I love Missourians, absolutely love them. I'm not trying to talk bad about anybody, but the, the Texans can, can join the Missourians on the hashtag COVID idiots. Definitely. <laughs> oh, gosh. It was so bad. Like Lowe's love them like, all. on lockdown. I remember going to Lowe's with my dad and there were so many people in there in the middle of quarantine, like just lined up. Every register was backed up. You know, and everyone was six feet apart. But I'm like, there's no way that this is a safe environment right now. These people are idiots. But then I'm like right there with them. And I'm like, I guess I'm an idiot. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> but uh, yeah, Houston is seeing like massive spikes. And, and so is, um, uh, well, they just opened up everything so fast. And, and Austin as well. And Dallas is doing okay. Um, we kind of like tapered off a little bit. But yeah, it's, it's you know, Texas. This virus won't kill us, apparently. <laughs> Sorry, back back to the original question. Uh, how how are things uh, over in Singapore? Um, maybe we, we we take a look at the the rest of the East first, right? Because uh, uh, in, in my course of work, um, I do look into um, you know, the shopping traffic, uh, human traffic, uh, information trends um throughout uh, across APAC. Um, so actually, I think you guys know that um for for some of the countries in APAC. Um, they were not on lockdown, you know. For example, um, Hong Kong is a poster child, so was South Korea. Um, yeah. I believe uh, Australia is coming out of lockdown. And, and Singapore specifically, we are coming into what we call uh, phase two of our uh, circuit breaker, a.k.a. lockdown, uh, tomorrow, uh, which essentially means that tomorrow uh, retailers will be open, finally. Um, so I might, I don't know, maybe it's a promise here, I don't know, forcing myself out there uh, to go and, you know, take some video to see uh, what the situation is like. But uh, to answer your question, uh, for me personally, uh, we're still advised 
um, to to stay at home and work to the end of um, this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, but between that, uh, we are supposed to actually, uh, well, the company has sort of like a, a, a survey or categorization of, of labor, um, you know, whether you are group one, group two, or group three. So group one people will be people who have to be in the office uh, all the time or be out there, uh, you know, people like service technicians, you know, um, those people that need contact, physical contact, physical presence, uh, those will be group one. So you have to be registered as group one, you'll go into the office on a daily basis. Uh, group two is kind of like, yeah, sometimes you need to go to the office, sometimes you don't, somewhere in the middle. So if you are registering yourself like a group two person, um, you probably can get into the office like, you know, twice a week if you need to. If not, don't, right? So uh, obviously group three will be people who can completely work from home uh, and once in a while, you need to get an office to print something. Yeah, sure, by all means. But you need to, you know, uh, uh, let let the office know that you're coming in uh, if you are in group three. So that's kind of like the situation in terms of uh, work and workspace um, over here in Singapore. Uh, I'm not sure what it's like for the rest of the country, but it seems that uh, it seems that a lot of people. It seems that a lot more people on the roads, uh, cars, uh, more people and transport. Uh, definitely tomorrow will be interesting when, you know, I, I guess we've been locked down since April, early April, and it'll be like two months before uh, people get out. And based on media, uh, a lot of these popular restaurants, which are operating at, let's say, 50% or less capacity because of social distancing, a lot of these popular ones are already fully booked uh, this weekend because uh, it's so-called Father's Day weekend. Uh, and maybe even a few other weekends has been booked. So, uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, but if anyone asks me, I think tomorrow will be, uh, logically speaking, relatively safe for people to, to go out. <laughs> you know, before the numbers fight, you know, get out now. Yeah. <laughs> not, not just Father's Day. There's a few reasons, right? Father's Day is one of them. The other thing is that um, uh, the, the government actually uh, is dishing out money today. Uh, we have this support scheme, uh, you know, where every Singapore citizen gets amount of uh, support, you know, cash. Uh, and the money should come in today, which makes good reason for people to go out tomorrow to spend. So uh, it's like, you know, all the stars are aligned for tomorrow to be a big day for business, um, hopefully, uh, not for the virus. So uh, we shall see. That's, that's kind of like the situation. You, you got anything else to add, Audrey? Audrey, you got anything to add? Oh, I, I don't think he might, he might not have heard you. But Jennifer, did oh. I hear Geronimo? <laughs> I, th- I, I, I threatened my kids. I was like, "Listen, I'm on a live, live <laughs> podcast right now. If you come in this room pitching a fit, we're gonna have problems." Because <laughs> because the last one that I was on, it wasn't live, but it was still recorded. And like my six year old comes in, literally screaming, pitching a fit, and I'm like, and I just <laughs> went like this. And then, <laughs> and then, like a few seconds later, I was back. And, yeah. And this is absolutely perfect because we're talking about the future of work, right? So it's kind of the reality too, right? So the next question we're hopping into is um, working remotely versus the office, right? So um, I'm going to give you guys my take a little on the first question first since I have an answer. So um, what does work look like for me nowadays? So um, used to, you know, I have an office full of um, staff members where I drive 40 minutes downtown to Kansas City. 
um, where I have my staff there right next to me. So um, now we've decided to go 100% remote. So um, just to, um, there's too much uncertainty and I didn't feel comfortable to continue uh, my lease um, for my um, commercial space because who knows what happens tomorrow um, if there's a second or third spike. So I thought this is a wise decision for me as an entrepreneur. And nowadays there's just so much tools, right? Um, you know, we use Slack, we use Trello, uh, we have Skype, so um, we can all communicate. Um, and we also, um, we have an office out in the Philippines as well. So um, it, we're kind of used to the whole idea of remote working, right? So um, we're kind of designed for it. But it has been a challenge because um, regards to like, as a business owner, you really don't know how you gauge productivity. Um, just like Jeremy said, hey, he's actually working more hours, right? But from the entrepreneur's perspective or the business owner, uh, I don't know that, right? <laughs> and, uh, and sometimes I might not be able to reach them, right? Then they're telling me, hey, um, I'm going to get to it at 7 p.m. tonight instead because I'm used to uh, my idea of work is eight to five, right? Because I'm so used to the brick and mortar office, you know? So now it's like, well, that's true. As long as we can deliver the project, it really doesn't matter eight to five, but then, you know, I want it now, right? I, I have that frustration. I, where are you? I can't get hold of you. And then now you have to have a better understanding of people who have, who are parents, right? Um, just like what just happened with my kids, right? <laughs> you know, and you have to be more, you have to have a lot of grace. And you have to understand that, hey, some of these people are moms. So they're also homeschooling, um, being a wife, um, cooking meals during the day. And so it's something that you have to adjust as a manager or a business owner. Mm -hmm. And be a little more forgiving because they might have to run and cook lunch or go buy groceries, mm -hmm. you know. But when they were at the office, they had daycare, yeah. You know, someone exactly. watching their children. So you know, there's a lot of that going on, and then um, there is an adjustment of like learning to communicate with everyone online, but still be respectful, but then still balancing that people aren't sleeping in or not, you know, taking advantage of the situation, right? So, so that's where I am. So it's just learning to um, lead um, remotely. Yep. I, I think, I think mm -hmm. to your point, I'll probably, I'll probably add a bit and then I'll also answer Jennifer's question way, way ahead, right? Um, I think as individuals, we will not have any issues adapting with the environment or the hand that we are being dealt with today. The issue is with the managers. It's not the individuals. Now think about it. Before these three months or four months, right? Mm -hmm. It is, uh, we in a corporate environment is predicated upon this saying that work has to be seen to be done. And I don't mm -hmm. think it's an East or West thing. I think it's a prevalent thing, right? Yep. When I get into office, I can see people, okay, they're doing something. It's, it's an assumption. I don't think that's true. So <laughs> what's going to happen like now into the near future is that in the past, if I see a sales professional 
or if I see a business development professional or a, a marketing professional in office, I'll be very worried. Like, why are you in office? Yeah. Out. I don't see you. Get off. You know, go sell something. Go meet someone. Go talk to someone. <laughs> right? Go educate an account. And and the rest, the rest of the folks will be like, ah, you're here. Okay, good. You're getting some things done. But today, as um, communications and technologies decentralize the office, and now we can operate from home in virtual spaces, it is the operational folks that is going to have a lot of pressure because then uh, work has to be seen to be done no longer works. No one can see you anymore. And the flip side of that is that middle-level managers, they might be under undue stress. Is that, hey, I, I, I don't know what my guys are doing. Do I email them more? Do I uh, Skype them more? Do I, um, you know, like Trello? What are they doing, right? So I think that is one thing that a lot of people in the middle management, that has to adapt. And the funny thing mm -hmm. about that is that I think the sales professionals, the marketing professionals, and the, and the business development professionals, I think they are crushing it, right? Because the life is the same for them. Like, oh, I'm never in the office to begin with. All I have to do is to tell you this month I have a contract value of uh, half a mil. Now, take it. You know, and done. <laughs> and you, you, you won't ask if you're on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatsoever. You won't. It's like, oh, okay. She delivered. She delivered. He delivered. So, so I, think, I think that would be the adjustment that's required at the middle management level. I really think so. So that's one thing. And to Jennifer's question on uh, how things have been at home, uh, whatever that I used to do in office, I flip it. In office, there's this uh, open door policy. I think at home is silly. We need a closed door policy. And it's not just one door. Amen. Multiple doors. You know, like, Preach like, it, Aldrin. Yeah. You know the room that I'm in? I close two doors. <laughs> I would tell my parents, I'll tell my partner, hey, I'm doing a live stream. I'm Did you just say butler? Sorry? Partner. You partner. Say partner. Partner. Butler? No, no, no. I have my own butler, right? Oh, damn. I'm one of those. Bruce Wayne over there. Batman that night. Working from home, uh, we have to reverse the that common knowledge thing. So closed door policy usually works uh, for me. I think even for me, right? It's closing multiple doors. Like hey, just hey, don't like not now, <laughs> not now. And uh, I'll have. Uh, Tons of like tools, like I have a call center headset, uh, <laughs> depending on the situation. The, the problem is when they're five and seven, they don't understand what a closed door is. That's <laughs> what locks are for, my friend. You know, like locks. <laughs> no, Kevin, I mean, especially the bathroom door. I mean, if we're just being real here, like that's the one door that they just, it's invisible. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And you, My, you don't have to you don't have to lock them in the room. You lock yourself in the room, right? So at least you feel secure. Right. I, I I guess so. That's what I think. My kids, my kids, we have some, I don't like our locks because my kids figured out if they use their fingernail on the other side, they can actually oh. unlock it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Skeleton yeah. keys. They climb yeah. up and get them off the door jam and break yeah. in wow. so it's bad i i've had to train them because otherwise i'll be on the way out of the bathroom from taking a shower and all of a sudden i'm like whoop run back in 
get out of here. <laughs> you know, so I've had to really like work with them because we've not taken the time to change our door locks. So that's not been a good situation. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so I guess it, it goes to our question, right? Working remotely versus at the office. Mm -hmm. So what has it been like for you, Tim? Uh, well, I'll tell you this. The, in my business, B2B, knocking on doors is so much more effective um, than working remotely. You know, my, my business, the car business is freaking archaic. You know, they're just, they do not adapt to change very well. So, you know, like, they like that. Same like construction, same like education, yeah. you know, the long life cycle kind of businesses. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Yeah, no, they, they, do not, they do not adjust to change well at all. So face-to-face -face is really where it's at in my business. It's, my, it's, it's very easy to close a contract face-to-face, -to, -face, to get somebody on the phone, and, you know, just have a conversation can be very difficult, especially trying to get owner on the phone. Whereas you can walk into their business and in two minutes you could say you could meet the owner. But trying to get them on the phone can be chaos or just mm -hmm. a complete waste of time. So for me, um, working from home, if I'm trying to generate new business, is difficult. Now, if I'm mm -hmm. trying to do a contract or work on a website or something, yeah, I'll work from home on, I'll work remotely on something like that. But generating new business is definitely you know, unfortunately, like I said, this business is archaic. Face to face is still where it's at, unfortunately. So hmm. that's that's my take on it. And uh, maybe I'll just chime in a little on this. Uh, I have I have uh, an active active stake in a in, in one tuition agency, which is on the education business, and it's challenging, right? It's challenging. It's usually difficult to move when you have parents who wants the sure thing. And you have like um, the educators who are predicated upon their ways of doing things, which is effective, right? So uh, we, we changed our entire delivery model. We kept the business. We changed the entire, entire delivery model. So we get the younger ones to take the entire syllabus. We get the younger ones to take the entire syllabus on video and we put it on. So we tell, we tell the parents that, hey, so now it's uh, to support home-based learning and to support your time. It's on-demand streaming. Just stream it. This is for That's the information good. dissemination, right? And once we're done with that, we take all our existing uh, resources, uh, educators, we have them refocus and reframe their time onto tutorials like this. So forget about delivery. I don't want you to focus on the delivery. We have to take that. We have to take that. So we slice it and say for now, every day, we are going to have like a tutorial or seminar with our, with our clients, which is the parents and the kids, right? Like a Zoom. And we'll keep it small. So we run multiple sessions. We'll keep it small. We have 10 kids, 11, 12. We go interactive. So it's, it's a way in which we have to be relevant in terms of the digital world today and what is the hand that we're being dealt with, right? Um, uh, when it comes to getting new business for that, usually it's a little difficult, but it gives the confidence for the existing clientele because then you have a stability in your accounts that as time goes by, you, you can see the improvement. So that's what I think, right? That's what I think. And I think that would be a viable way going ahead. To Kevin's point, is there going to be a 
a second spike, a third spike. It that question has an answer already. Look at Beijing. <laughs> that, that question has an answer already, right? So I I won't bet too much on what's happening in terms of the vaccination or what policymakers are thinking. But I'm thinking how to have longevity in the businesses that I'm in and how we can be relevant in 2020. I think that is, for me, a survival ethic. This is what I think. That's really good. And remember, um, we're not mainstream media. So this is just, uh, you know... So um, this is not, uh, in the U.S., this has nothing to do with the left or the right, all right? This yeah. is just our perspective, right, what we see. So, and you get to hear it from people across the world, okay? This mm -hmm. is not U.S. news. So for the you U.S. folks out there, it's a virus, folks, okay? There's no conspiracy theory is, is there. <laughs> so um, mm -hmm. that's just the reality. And yeah. uh, Eldrick's experiencing it. Jeremy's experiencing it. It has nothing to do with just a U.S. only problem. It's a global issue, and right. um, you know, and it's affecting the way we work. You know, we all go to work, and it's mm -hmm. affecting us. You know, yes. and there's a reason I made my business a hundred percent remote. You know, um, there's a reason why a Amy's home. You know, <laughs> and so so these are facts. So, and we're just sharing our experiences and uh, utilizing our wisdom and just seeing. You know, and I challenge everyone out there: um, don't just watch your your own news in the U.S. Uh, go look at news in other countries. Yes, you know, other countries yeah. can care less, less about our. Oh, yeah, they care about our politics some, mm -hmm. but you know, <laughs> we have to look at other people's news and be respective and uh, start just use your brains and wisdom and just open up your perspective. And I just challenge everyone, right, that are on here. Um, it's good to have a global perspective, and um. So what does Jeremy, what does it look like? You've been home working for a long time yeah. since we started yeah. the show, right? <laughs> uh, no, actually before, because uh, we started the show sometime in March, right? Late March, if I didn't yeah, forget. So March. And, uh, yeah, and the lockdown came in in early April. So uh, yeah, um, yes, been working from home. Uh, it's weird because sometimes it feels fast. Sometimes it feels long. Um, don't know how to put my finger on it. Um, but uh, I think, I think the 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 the, the difference. I think uh, it depends, right? Like like Aldrich mentioned, you know, those guys who have been used to this, like, um, will be okay. Uh, those who are not so used to it will will have to adjust. So for me, uh, I have been working. I, I do have a team, although the team is much smaller now. A team of uh, uh two three people to manage. Uh, some are just like dotted line. Uh, some are direct. So I have a team member uh in China. Uh, I have someone in Singapore, and I have uh, uh, someone who is on, on in contact. Uh, not really reporting to me, but you know, in terms of work, uh, someone in uh, Australia, uh, someone in India. Um, so, so nothing pretty much has changed because whether I'm in the office or I'm at home, I still have to communicate with them how I used to in the past, right? So, so not much has changed. But I want, I do want to address <laughs> what uh, Andre and Kevin said, right? Uh, how is it different? Uh, I think it depends um, for managers. It depends on a very important thing uh, called trust. Do mm. you trust? Do you trust your people? 
right? Because now you don't see them. Do you trust them? So I've heard, <laughs> I've heard, I've heard horror stories. Uh, employers in Singapore, right? That they require their staff to be on camera on demand, you know, just to check on you, or they have to report at certain times, like I don't know, ten o'clock, uh, one p.m. and four thirty. You know, go on camera and show your boss that you're ha- at home. Uh, or or I don't know. There are so many ways. You know, like they, they just hop on and communicate with you, spot check that kind of thing. So I heard that kind of horror stories, but it just goes to show that people who have not accepted this new way of working, uh, you know, whether you trust your people or not, it doesn't matter whether in office or you are working from home. If you don't trust them, nothing's going to work. And and something else that uh, is going to be very different now that we're working now that they work from home, other than the fact that you can't see the work being delivered or you're not sure what they're doing all the time, is assessment, assessment time. How are you going to assess your staff if um, they are not around or you don't see them? Yeah. Right. Exactly. And if you don't trust them in the first place, the assessment's not not going to work work very well. Uh, yep. And how your how how how's your boss going to assess you? You know, uh, depending on what the number of emails you send. Depending on how many times you, you get on a call, is it by the number of calls? Uh, I don't know, right? Uh, but these are these are challenges that we'll face very shortly. And and just to talk a little bit about calls, right? Um, you know, you can do video calls. Uh, to some people, it's no different from uh, what we used to be conf calls, right? Just voice, because uh, Asians, being Asians, they don't like to get on the camera, right? They just prefer to be on voice, or who knows, right? Uh, whether it's now or in the past. People will be doing things in the background while they're on calls, right? Especially if they're not engaged. And that brings to the point of um, how do you engage people now that this is the new normal? This mm-hmm. is the necessary normal. You have to get on calls. You have to get on videos. Do you get on video? If you don't get on video, is it respectful, mm-hmm. right? So, so for me, uh, at least I try. I try to uh, set an example. If I'm on calls, I try to be on video. Especially if I'm presenting, I try to be on video. Um, especially if the, the other person who is presenting is on video, I try to be on video as well, right? Just to, 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 to show that respect. But I can't say that's the same for everyone, but I try to, uh, in a way, lead by example. And, and there's one more thing, right? I, I was just sharing with people. Uh, you, you see me do this often, my hands in front. It's really just to show that I'm paying attention because I don't have another hand on the mobile phone, right? So things like that, are slight, yeah, slight differences uh, <laughs> now that we're working from home. But uh, I think... If we're talking about the future of work, these are things we need to really consider, uh, and and it will this will be like the norm until uh, we get a vaccine. But who knows when that is going to be, right? Um, <laughs> I read, I read, uh, I read. I think there was a there was an article on New York Post saying that mankind ever record time uh, they had a working uh, vaccine that's commercially available fastest ever four years. We are barely one year into this. So if this is going to be true, uh, let's say we let's say we have smarter guys now, right? We are all working around the clock to fight this pandemic. You have the time. Let's do two years. That is still two years, which means you're still going to be in this state for another year plus. So if you're not going to trust your guys, I don't know, man. Good luck. <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. wow. That's really good. Yeah. I'll tell you that that's brutal. Like to mm-hmm. be a manager and really try to micromanage remotely. That. Uh, that shit would drive me crazy. I would be like, as oh, yeah. employees, I'd be like, I'd be like, F off. Like, seriously. Leave me <laughs> like, no, I'm dead ass serious. Like, I can't. I, I've always hated being micromanaged. So if somebody was breathing down my neck, I'd be like, all right, dude, you know, maybe I need to find another remote working opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, find a new manager. It's very true. And I've seen it. Like I've, I've talked with a lot of people where they have managers on completely different ends of the spectrum, you know? So managers that are just like pinging them on Slack and constantly all day long, sending them screenshots of call numbers and stats. <laughs> and then, then other managers who they, they don't even hear from. And so you feel like you've not got any support there. And you're like, am I like, is there a drone somewhere that I can't see? Like, did they hide a webcam? Because you just freaked out that there's so little structure and so little oversight. And um, I think I think it comes down to like the type of person you are too, because some people need that structure, you know, in a position. They need they need that kind of routine. They need the oversight to kind of keep them honest. And then other people do really well in an environment where, you know, they, they know they have to put the work in if they're going to get the results and they're willing to do that each and every day. Um, and so I think right now the dynamic of where we are with work, um, you see some people that are excelling. I mean, especially in sales, like, like you guys were mentioning, like, you know, this is a prime environment for salespeople. And I, I put something in the comments earlier about, the fact that I think we're going to see a different type of selling moving forward or, and, and business being done um, because you can't hide behind, uh, you know, dinners and fancy face-to-faces and cocktail hours and, you know, getting hammered and, you know, <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that anymore. You can't sell like really old school anymore. It's all, it all comes down to the conversations you're having, the mm-hmm. interactions that you're having via phone and via video mm-hmm. Um, and I know that one of the things that I found with work, especially, is that I had much more deeper, almost like, I mean, sometimes I felt like maybe I was crossing the line being a little too direct, or I was asking questions that I don't know that I would be comfortable asking in my office, but I was like, ah, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? They, they tell me no. They take you off your sim. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I mean, and I've had conversations with people um, since COVID nineteen hit, and everyone transitioned to remote. Um, where I and I kept telling people this, like pick up the phones and call, because even if people are in their house, here's the thing: they don't have a coworker sitting right next to them. Their manager isn't sitting behind them listening mm-hmm. to what they're saying. And guess what? That person's going to do. They're going to talk if they're in a bored mood or <laughs> they haven't gotten a phone call all day that hasn't been from their manager. Um, they'll light you up with facts and intel and they'll tell you all <laughs> everything you want to know. And, um, and those are amazing, amazing conversations because you're just like walking away with like, wow, I know the inter- entire internal structure of this entire organization, exactly who I need to sell to, what their pains are, how to get this deal done. And that's just because they were sitting there bored at the house, you know, feeling a little disconnected and, I don't know, you just get them talking. And um, and they, they probably wouldn't do that if they were sitting at their desk in an office. They wouldn't get into all of that. They'd be much more buttoned up. So I like it. Like, and I think during the pandemic too, I think people are just more genuine and authentic. Um, that's why I noticed too, um, as the um, country in the U.S. were opening up, you know, mm-hmm. now we're back to a little of the norm where it's a little harder to get hold of people. But during the lockdown, like people were excited for a sales call. Like even if you call them on sales call, there's people that are like <laughs> new to the whole online Zoom thing. And they're like, oh my, 
Oh, you want a meeting? Yes, that's great. And like, it was almost hard to get them off the phone. And I'm like, okay, I sold it to you. I'm done talking. And they're like telling me, oh, you know, my husband does this. My, and I was like, okay, great. You know, this is way too much info. You might, you might. Oh my goodness. And it's so true. I think people were just hungry for relationships, right? Because I think as humans, um, we, we strive for that. We, we need it, you know? So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And it's going to revolutionize work. I think, I mean, I, I think people are more honest and when you're more honest, you're going to have deeper conversations. Deals are going to move a little bit faster. I mean, business is going to get done in, in multiple levels. Um, and it, and it just, just a far different capacity. Um, so I like it. I think it's, um, other than the kids, you know, that's, that's been fun. But, but you know, we all share in that, right? So it's a commonality and it's a, it's a talking point. It's like, a, hey, you're going to hear a bass account barking in the background. I apologize in advance. And then they're like, oh, no, I've got this thing going on. Like my parakeet won't shut up or whatever. And then you immediately have that rapport and that connection. Exactly. That and, and we didn't have that in office. It was like, hey, how's the weather there in the place? That <laughs> Google it. Like, oh, it's, it's sunny and 75 there. That's awesome. And then they're just like. <laughs> okay. And that's, that's something I can really identify with is building rapport for me, for some reason. Um, I feel like I did okay when I'm at the office. It's okay to connect with people. I'm not shy. I'm an extrovert. But when I get on Zoom from my home where I have, you know, the drinks, whatever I want, you know, I have it. I can make myself comfortable. I feel I can really... Um, confidently, you know, more confidently be myself. And I, I, I feel, and they're stuck at home and they're might be embarrassed by their background noise. And so I feel like it really pulls down the walls more quickly. It's more easy to build rapport with these people. And when you, when you make that connection, it's I mean, it's, it's easy to sell or it's easy to, um, you know, just build a relationship where you guys can collaborate and um, or you just made a genuine connection that you can support on LinkedIn. So it has been for me, it's been such an, an eye opening experience. Um, I've met so many wonderful people who are stuck at home. Actually, actually yeah. if, if I may, if I may chime in a bit, I, I picked up something which Amy said that uh, sort of resonated with me. <clears throat> you know, she mentioned what, you can't hide uh, behind lunches. You can't hide behind uh, that suit or you can't hide behind whatever mm. that is, right? Uh, <laughs> because those those don't exist anymore. And, and more importantly, you can no longer fly or rather it's going to be very hard to travel, to meet people, to, to, to close the deal. I think that's a very, very key thing. Um, uh, if anything at all, this whole Zoom video thing uh, levels the playing field other than making us more human. Suddenly there's an entire dimension to that face, that person, that name card. That person yep. has a home, that person has a family and you see that person in that home or that family, right? Yep. And, and it really it really makes us more human, um, I, I feel. And if anything at all, uh, I get to see my colleagues in the US and UK more often than in the past. Because in the past, it will always just be voice conf calls at night. And unless I get to the US for the sales kickoff meeting, I will never see them. But now I yeah. see them once a week. I see people I probably will never have met if it was not for this situation. 
so so that's like the plus side right but the flip side is really also you know you, you can't get that face uh, okay you don't get that physical face-to-face -face engagement so there's always good and bad so it depends on how you see it and, and while you guys are talking about this i want to chime in it also changes um business politics mm. right culture <laughs> uh, the clicks right so yeah. Yeah, yeah you know nothing against you know there's some great chambers out there there's some great business groups up there bni whatever right i've been to all of them as a business owner right but there are things that's very clickish in the business world right um, especially amy you're familiar you're in the sales realm um i've been in the sales realm probably tim too and I don't know about Asia, but in the U.S., there are like elite sales clubs and all this stuff where you pay membership <laughs> fees. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, oh nowadays, there's what's called LinkedIn. Um, there's social media platforms. We can create our own groups, you know, and I think it's going to be very challenging for those groups out there. And I'm seeing it day in and day out as a business owner in Kansas City. I don't have to play with my community because I know you're ripping me off and taking my fees, you know? So why do I, and I'm just, Hey, I'm going to just be blunt out here and all you Kansas City folks. Hello. Great. Uh, but to be honest, you know, why do people have to play pay to play in the business world? It should be based on the value you bring the quality of service and your work. I don't want to pay for my awards. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I shouldn't have to pay for my awards. I should earn my awards. Okay. You know, it's like telling my seven year old son, Hey, you're going to join this uh, elite basketball team because mom and dad paid. No, I want him to be good at what he does. Then he earns it. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to be Forbes top 30 because I pay $6,000 on a uh, one-time fee. So you can write some articles about me. Let's be real. You know, and this is the reality. And I'm just telling the truth right here. And um, and I think it's beautiful. You know, nowadays, I think people are more transparent. Um, people are speaking up in the business community and there's no more walls. Right. Because you can connect. You cannot work absolutely free. You know, it doesn't cost anything to hop on this live show and get to know Eldrick. Jeremy from across the world, um, get to know Tim in Philly or Amy in Dallas and Jennifer, you know, you can get to know us, you know, and that's awesome, you know, and that alone changes um, the business climate. It definitely levels the playing field from, uh, from so many levels, right? Um, yep. There, you know. I just no, have I to. Go ahead. Okay. No, no, go ahead, Jennifer. Oh, I was just going to say one simple thing that really stuck out to me when Jeremy was talking too, and also um, Kevin. I don't like, I, I feel like BUP is here because of this situation. And I have met so many wonderful people through Bottoms Up Perspective, and we're just continuing to add those awesome connections. Um, and, you know, we wouldn't have gotten to know Timothy, Jeremy, Aldrich, you know, or Amy. And so I am, I mean, I'm not thankful for the situation, but I'm thankful for the things that were born out of it. So I just wanted to say that. Go ahead, Tim. No, yeah, I, I agree with you, Jennifer. You're 100% right, because Zoom was not in my vocabulary a few months ago. It really wasn't. So um, definitely that did, you know, I had to adapt, and it's a good change. 
Um, that being said, you know, to, to Kevin's <laughs> I think realistically in this moment, you know, you're seeing the strong are going to survive. You're going to see massive, massive changes. You're going to see a ripple effect in at least three to four months. And the people who really are good, to Kevin's point, that level the playing field, they're going to be doing pretty well. And the others, they're going to have to adapt and come up with new jobs and things like that. Because, you know, the unemployment numbers are so high and so many people are out of work. And a lot of those jobs may not, may not be replaced. You know what I mean? There's not going to be that many entrepreneurs that are going to replace and, you know, have new businesses and things like that. So I just think this, you know, in 08, the strong survived. And I think you're back to those rules again. That's that's my take on what we're going through. Right now. That's good. What about you, Aldrich? <laughs> so many things that are changing now, right? Um, and I think uh, we are at this fork road where everything is coming all at once. The, whatever that we experienced as part of the pandemic has triggered um, a lot of the effects and the aftermath of that. And that is the one that we are directly hit. The aftermath, the economic impact and the social impact, right? Like I mentioned, uh, it closed door policy. It's the mm -hmm. hot stuff. But now to me, it's like, no, there's a, freaking bad idea it should be a multiple closed door policy right mm -hmm. so that i can work and uh be productive um i think communications has changed for good forever and that will not be an old normal we are not going back i think uh several business models will be retested for their resilience some will go away some will go away if Social distancing and facial masks is going to be something that's going to be prevalent for the next two years. I might be very audacious to say this, but I think high-end dining will have to revamp today. Today. Yes. Okay. There is no way you can sell $800 kind of a couple candlelight dinner, mm -hmm. steak, like it's same table, with the mask on, and at that table, it's only you because your partner has to sit at the other table. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not gonna fly, right? So it's either that entire customer experience, it's changed. So mm -hmm. I bring my sous chef or I bring my waiter to your place, like mm -hmm. a hotel concept, right? You don't have to eat at the dining area. You can eat in your room, isn't it? So I think for that, the resilience of the business models today are getting, like uh, they're under high, performance testing, does it work? Mm. Does it work? Mm -hmm. um, for this FMB, uh, for retail, I know that's uh, Jeremy's pet topic, but I'm, I'm just going to say this. For retail, <laughs> customer experience will stay, but it needs to be rigid. In-store customer experience is going to be very challenging now. In-store, right? So how can we bring that store experience to someone that is at home and dying to buy from you or dying to try something from you, right? So I think post-social media, the things that's going to come, the technology tools, they are going to be predicated upon customer experience. So, so the, it used to be that AR and VR were on a hype and then they died down and then social media went on in the golden age, but I think that's going to come back again. 
uh, as as with businesses, mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. about innovation mm-hmm. and survival, right? Uh, to to Tim and to Amy, as sales professionals, in fact, I would say all of us, we are in the sales business. All of us. It's not about a title. It's what we do, right? right? The people, the people who are digital natives since 2018 or last year, the way they do sales has changed. And it has served them well this period, right? Building trust without a face-to-face interaction, it's a different way. Yep. It's a different way, right? How can you trust me when you have never, ever met me? And now yeah. we can't, right? We can't. So there must be a better way in which like, oh, can I build trust via this terminology, which I call pre-selling, which I teach my mentees as well. Like, let your contents build the trust for you. And, let, and see, and see that when you have a tapestry of contents out there, people are going to come to you. People are going to come to you. So in that sense, it is not about going out there to connect with people. That's important too. But look at your invitations. People are coming to you because they know you before they know you. So this is a different way in which I think it works hand in hand with the way we do face-to-face negotiations and interactions. Right. Eventually, we'll, we'll get back to the physical world, but it never hurts to have a separate route that is viable. And I think that route is going to stay, right? And realize I say contents that are organic. You don't have to spend a single dollar on advertisements. I think advertisement eventually will fade into the background, but marketing is going to be here, right? Advertisements will fade, but marketing is going to be here. And I'm not big on chatbots. I'm not, but I'm big on organic content. So, um, Amy, so what's your secret? (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, honestly, it's that I, I, I just, I just don't like try too hard. Like I don't try to be anything but who I am. And, um, and because people, people's, People can sense when you're ingenuine and when you're when you're trying too hard, when you're trying to sell them something. Um, and and not to say that there's anything wrong with selling stuff, because let's just be real here: the world would stop turning if products weren't being bought and sold. I mean, this goes back to the beginning of time, back when we still had a barter system, right? So I think the whole concept of business and sales and work, even is is seriously skewed in people's heads and no offense tim but we go back to the whole used car salesman mentality and you know how we used to do sales like back in the day and how i'm assuming he still does sales but um it, today like in this world okay, it's I'm a more, slow down right <laughs> it's it's more like if you're if you're upfront and honest i think with people about you know what your intention is what what your what work you're actually doing what you hope to get out of it Um, if it makes sense for their business, for that particular person or that customer, um, I think you're going to get more honest conversations and, and the, the barriers come down a lot faster. And so for me, like Mm -hmm. you mentioned Eldrick building kind of a, like a, a social presence or around selling and how you would bring like a physical location and, and make it basically put it on zoom or on social media or how you kind of revamp that. And I, I think, um, 
you just have to be really honest about, okay, what's the intention behind it? Um, eventually there's going to be an ask, right? We're going to be selling a product of some type or service or something like that's going on. So as long as you're honest with that, um, I think people are, are fine and they will either tune in and say, okay, like I want to hear more about this or not. Um, but I also think like, don't try so damn hard. You know, people, mm -hmm. when they think of like working and business and, and sales and that whole dynamic, like they, they really overthink it. Um, and I think we we're getting to the point now where there's so many people sending emails, so many people making calls. Um, there's, there's just a lot of interaction out there, a lot of noise. I think the people that are more genuine and that are more like, okay, let's have a real conversation here. Let's talk about what's going on. Um, and ultimately I want to try to sell you something or I want to try to do business with you. Uh, mm -hmm. and if that makes sense, great. If not, then we'll just part part ways as friends and just be kind of industry connections moving forward. And I think that resonates really well in this kind of dynamic that we're in um, with coming out of COVID-19 and the, the shift to the remote workforce. And on that note too, networking is going to be huge, mm -hmm. huge forward when it comes to work and business. I mean, not even just sales, but just business in general um, is going to be built off of the networks that you create and build and how you utilize those. Uh, so like I get people coming to me all the time asking me for things that I'm like, no idea what you're talking about, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to give it my level best to try to find you an answer, maybe point you somewhere within my network where you can get the help that you need. And I think I take ownership of that. And I'm like, no, I want to figure this out too, because this might be interesting. Who knows if I'll ever need this. Um, and that has helped me grow by leaps and bounds in my work and my career, just by tapping into my network. Uh, and I think that is going to be the wave of the future as far as anything to do with remote work or how we work on, you know, work on social media and utilize that to our benefit. Because ultimately, if if you're not plugged in where you need to be plugged in, it's going to be a lot harder for doors to open. So I think yeah. we're living in a world where um, collaboration is the new norm. You know, stop looking at even people within your own industry. Stop looking at them as competition. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I mean, the old way was, oh, we have secrets in our company. We can't disclose it. The pie is getting so much bigger. And if you can right. tackle it together, you can provide so much better work, you know. Mm -hmm. And I am a firm believer in collaborating even within my own industry because yeah. you can't be good at it all. You know, yeah, and like if you're a sales, a software salesperson, then maybe you can collaborate with hardware companies or a different software tool and integrate the two. You know, I think it's becoming uh, more and more popular. You know, um, the old way was, OK, this is my competitor. We don't tell them our secrets. And the new way is, hey, let's work together. Let's just make it happen. Let's become the solution. Let's solve the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think well, I mean, look, at, look at us, Kevin. Like Timothy yep. introduced us, um, and you know, it was just a conversation about five on Friday and talking about what I was doing there. And he was like, "Oh, well, maybe there's some way that we can collaborate with Bottoms Up." And I'm like, "Sure, that's fine, awesome." But then he was like, "Oh, wait, Kevin does like X, Y, and Z, and that's what you're talking about. You need help with." And you know, that's that's the power of how we do business and how we do work in in this world today um, is leveraging those connections and 
whether ultimately, you know, we work together or not. Um, I mean, it's, it's, there's a higher probability of it, right? Because I've got a direct line of reference to you and someone that I, that I trust saying, Hey, this, th he's good people. Like you should work with him. The, the, the used car salesman. Right. Yeah, I was a little bit offended for Tim while ago. I was. I was like, oh my gosh. No, I'm just <laughs> We've had conversations. <laughs> I'm just Listen, teasing not, you. Nothing guys. phases me, first of all. Believe me, I got thick skin. You guys see what the shit I put on LinkedIn. So I got thick skin. <laughs> but um yeah, Kevin, you can hook me up with the check later. We'll talk about it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, um, you know, it's the dirty T word that is the new revolution, and that's transparency. I think that's yeah. what you're going to see love it. is what makes a difference in business today. You know, that transparency. And, and for me, look, I, when I was a couple months ago, when I was in car sales, I was big on transparency. And that's what got people to close deals really fast. We were kind of like, you know, we, we would be brutally honest with people especially somebody who came in with like credit trouble. They'd come in, they're like, hey, I want a $30,000 Mercedes. I'm like, yeah, you're not getting that. So let's start the conversation this way right here, right now. That's not happening. And then we're like, oh, cool. Thanks for letting me know. And then we'd sell them a car, not a, the $30,000 Mercedes, but we were honest with them. And we're like, look, like it's not our call. It's up to the lender. And a lender is telling you, you can't buy a $30,000 Mercedes. You make $3,000 a month. How are you going to afford it? And they're like, oh, you're right. And that won a ton of deals because of the transparency behind it. So I think that's really the wave of the future, you know, not just in the car business and any business, it's transparent. And even the car business, it has changed so much, right? Um, just a, a watching, you know, used to, it was more used car salesman like, but nowadays really um, people are pretty respectful when you go to a car lot. You know, yeah, uh, I just I just bought a car and my car salesman, I was like, I would legit hire that guy. Like he's great. <laughs> I mean, yep. it was really he actually like I was looking at Fords and Toyotas, right? And I was hung up on Ford. I've been a Ford person my whole life. And I was like, oh, I really want to try the Ford and I hadn't been in the dealership yet. And uh at the end of the day I test drove the Toyota, fell in love with it, and he was like, Look, go go see the Ford, go test drive it because you know you'll regret it if you don't. And, you know, I think that you're going to see once you drive that car and once you see it, that you actually prefer the Toyota. And, you know, if you want to end up buying it, come back, we'll talk. And I was like, well, dang, like he's willing to let me leave walk off the lot. Like that's ballsy. You know, I don't know that I would be that ballsy. I'd be like, no, what do I need to do to put you in this car right now? Um, and we, and I literally left drove to the Ford dealership, drove around and was like, no one came out to greet me or anything. And I was like, oh God, I'm just going to go back and buy the Toyota. And, um, and it was, it was like a really good transaction because that guy was just, I mean, he was willing to let me walk away if that was what was right for me. And uh, I was impressed by that. So, you know, yeah. Tim, you know, take that and use that in your sales training 101, let everyone leave and go test drive the competition. And I'm sure they'll come back and buy the car. Yeah, I wouldn't agree with that, but <laughs> I agree. I would agree that that was great but it was the right play. So kudos to that salesperson. Yeah, he played me really well into into a twenty twenty Toyota Avalon. So there you go. <laughs> well, I want to go into the la very last question. Right, uh, we've been on for a while, but hey, we're having fun. So, um, does work location matter anymore? 
So I want to ask about this. And uh, even for myself as an entrepreneur, do you, do, does it matter? So what does it happen when headquarters are no longer have ad addresses, right? They become remote. So uh, does it matter? Oh, I'd love to speak on this one real fast. Yep. Oh. So uh, car business, right? Everybody, and Kevin, you know this because you were in the business too, right? Carfana. <laughs> yeah, well, location, 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 people always used to say. Yep. Well, your digital presence is everything right now, yeah. especially with COVID. Like, people want to go to one dealership. They don't want to screw around. So if your digital presence sucks, then your location doesn't matter. Like, they could pass you 100 times on the, on the street. But if they're going to search a car and you don't come up in a Google search, yep. you're dead in the water. They're going to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So location is nowhere near as important as it used to be. It's all about your digital presence. And it's really about being on not just, you know, not just having a good website and having SEO and SEM, but mm -hmm. also, you know, can they find you on Facebook? Can they find you on LinkedIn? Can they find you on Instagram? Because um, they search and shop all different ways. So I think location is becoming ver a very, very small part of business. Um, you know, everybody has a damn smartphone and they're going to search something on their smartphone before they go somewhere. So I think location is really, it's dropped off. I think it, especially, I mean, you can't go to a mall right now. So, you know, what, what good is having a storefront? You can't even go to the mall right now. That is so that's so funny, Timothy, because I was actually just talking to Kevin about that this morning. Um, he likes to make everything, you know, like voice activated in our house where he can just say, hey, Google, hey, Google. And everything. When I say I don't leave my office. There's some truth in it. <laughs> he says, hey, Google, um, lock the front door and it locks. And he says, hey, Google, who's um, number one in Kansas City for digital? And it says, you know, usually J29. And, um, and, and, and we work really hard at that because, um, for example, as a consumer, when I go, I don't, I don't just get in my car and drive around trying to look for something. I get on the Internet I Google specifically what I want. And you know what? The top four or five options that come up for what I want are probably going to be what I go with because they're available. They've, they've taken the time. They've spent the money. They've put themselves out there. They're running ads. And, to, and, and I don't want to waste my time going through a list of 100. I want the first four or five that's closest yes. to me. And yes. so... It's and it's that whole easy, user friendly. Give it to me in five minutes. I just want to pay for something, get it done, get out of here. And I was like, you know, that's really relevant what you're saying because that's the conversation I had. You know, um, for us personally, if our business isn't showing up, you know, on that on the top, then hey, dude, you know, get busy and get us up there because I want to be that one that people are looking for in our city. So that's all I have yeah, to say about that. I think I, I love that, especially if they're ready to buy. You know, if they know there, I mean, there's so many people out there that are ready to buy. They already know they have pain or they already know they have a problem they need to solve and or, or they just really want something. I mean, um, that's huge because at that point, the time, like once they've made that decision, the time it takes to get to the actual purchase of the product and the quicker they can get their research done and, and kind of, I mean, like I look at like, you know, how many 
like let's take restaurants for example. I'm gonna look at their score. You know how many stars do they have? I'm gonna read like the the worst reviews, like one or two of those, and I'm gonna read like the top reviews. And I form my opinion really, really quickly when it comes to like anything to do with like anything that I can find online. I think that the way that we work and the way that we do sales is different when it comes to uh, companies that are or and, and people that are complacent, you know, and they're not really looking to make a change or maybe they don't feel like there's even alternatives out there for them that they could afford or whatever the case may be. Um, that's a little bit more education and how social media can help, you know, build value and sell them on like, Hey, are you experiencing X, Y, and Z? And if you are like, let's talk about this over here. But if you're, I mean, a lot of people, they get to a point where they're like, I need this, I need to buy this product or I need this service. Um, and at that point it needs to be super, super efficient for them to locate and find what they need. So I agree on the location thing. And I, and, I mean, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, Dallas, Texas is like, like going crazy with tech and there's a lot of stuff located here, but it, it still doesn't matter, you know, because we can sell anywhere in the country or in the world for that matter. If you're, if you do, if you're smart. Like, for example, I can actually give a, um, a to date example of this. Um, we have had Terminix come in our house and spray for bugs. We have a company that comes and sprays everything. And, um, and Terminix um, here in the U.S. is a very well-known brand. So I have no idea where they're located. I actually don't even care. It's just they're a well-known brand. And so they're the first ones that come up. They're the first ones I call, right? So we've been having a lot of door-to-door -door salesmen. And thanks to Kevin's high tech, I talk to them through our doorbell from my phone. We can still social distance if we choose to. That's nice, okay? So... I had someone from Aptiv come out, another company that does the pest control. And at first I wasn't really interested, but I said, hey, it's all about pricing. If you can offer me a better deal, I'm willing to take the time to listen to you through my doorbell or whatever, okay? If they're willing to talk to me through my doorbell, I'm even more impressed because they can't physically see me, but they're hanging out out there trying to make a sell. So we just start talking and finally I did open the door because I was like, this is getting real. I like what this guy is saying. I like the way he's approaching me. So I opened the door and I'm like, okay, as long as we're like six feet apart. He had a real tight shirt on and um, these tight shorts too. And yes. And he was very, <laughs> and he was very thin. This got real. Yeah. Not attracted at all, okay? But, um, yeah. Um, Which makes all the difference in the world, right? Yeah, I wasn't attracted at all. He's a kid to me. But he was doing a great job. He did look very well-groomed if you want to go, you know, to the appearance part of things. He was tan, muscular. But I wasn't attracted to him. Um, so, anyways... Thank I God, Kevin. This was about to get really awkward, okay? So, so look smather, guys. Okay, Let's when it comes it. to sales. Yes, we we open doors for decent looking people that keep themselves nice, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, um seriously wasn't attracted to him, but I opened the door. We um we had a conversation and the more we got into it, the more I was like, I really like the services that they offer. Hmm. They have they they're they're 
they're showing me what the differences are between what I'm paying for and I can pay 18 more dollars for this service, but I get so much more. And what they're saying makes sense to really take care of my bug problem because the guy from Terminix that was here last week that I've hardly ever talked to that's here every three months that I know nothing about. I have spiders crawling up to my feet on the floor in the basement. Okay. They're in my house. So it's not working. Okay. So I'm going to pay 18 more dollars to get something that I actually think is going to work. Sign a contract with him um, within like 20 minutes of talking to him. And he goes on his way. The next morning they come out. I don't care where Aptiv is. I don't care if they have a corporate headquarter. I don't care if they're all remote. What I care about is that they give me a great product, that they give me good service. And the guy came out, built rapport within five to 10 minutes. We knew more about him in 10 minutes than we knew about this Terminix guy who comes out every three months for the last nine months. I don't know anything about him. He doesn't really talk to us and he doesn't enjoy his job and he doesn't do a good job. So um, as far as like, as far as sales, I guess I wanted to point out um, several different things. But the biggest thing is it doesn't matter where someone's located. Now it depends on your industry. Of course, retail is a whole different ball game. Okay. You go yep. to a place um, unless you're shopping online, which um, I've been doing way too much of, by the way. But um, yeah, Jordan. it's been. I know he's like, oh, we need to slow down on those Amazon purchases, and I'm like, yeah, so yeah, but anyways, um, Amazon investor, I have to have Amazon because I'm not going to the, to the retail stores to shop right now. But my kids still need underclothes. They still need socks. They still need a summer wardrobe. So that's what I have available. And because I'm, you know, I get free shipping. So why not? I sign up. Okay. Um, and then, of course, I maybe spend a little too much on uh, skincare and Korean face masks. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Kevin. Um, but anyway, that's, that's pretty much what I wanted to add is I think physical location really is becoming less important depending on what type of business you are. Mm -hmm. hmm. True. Yeah. Maybe I'll just go from here. Um, to me, I think we, we think too much about location in terms of addresses. Mm. And, and, and I think that's totally missing the point. Um, I see locations, there's just really two. One is a physical location and one is a digital one. So wh wh why do I say that? Like, if you don't create your profile and your persona online, mm. you and your business do not exist in that world. Mm. Period, end of story. Mm -hmm. What wow. address are you talking about? It's, your, your, it's an existence, right? Um, in, in a way that we are born into the physical world, we have to create one in the digital world. And this is the world where we are still trying to find out how it looks like. So there's a lot of potential in terms of what we can do here. It's like um, one, of, one of my mentees in a, in a real, she's a realtor and she has furniture experience. Don't talk about apartment that you're selling. Talk about what furniture matches the apartment that you're selling. So when people think about you, they think about, oh, wow, that's like, 
a strong brand, right? Because when, when I speak to her, I get the whole package. She's not just selling me the apartment. She's telling me what goes well with it. She's telling me what can be done, right? So there's a lot of um, potential that's there. And it doesn't always have to be like sales or marketing. It's our presence, right? Uh, if you look at the way marketing influences that is in this digital world, it's contentious in terms of the quality of the contents that they are producing, but they are crushing it. And that, that's a fact. It's a fact, right? So uh, to, to not have a presence in the digital world in the form of location, it's costly today. And if we still don't do anything about it, it would be extremely costly in 2021 and 2022 because life has changed. We are not going back to the old equilibrium. There will be a new normal. And when that comes, are we ready for it? That's what I think. So to, to your question, Kevin, locations, to me, there's really only two, physical and digital. Mm-hmm. Addresses used to work. But I think now we have to have a higher principle, principle understanding of our existence that we have control, that we have control today. Yep. That's what I think. And I think the digital real estate's going to start being more and more expensive, you know, yeah. because of supply and demand. Um, the more people that are moving to digital, um, the real estate's going to get higher. And I think it's going to change, you know, even your social media presence, um, a website. If you don't have a website today, what are you doing? You know, you, you should have a website if you have a credible business. Um, hey, and, Kevin, I need a website. Yep. We got you. <laughs> so, I mean, I have one, but our, our like submit button didn't work for like weeks. Francois is going to kill me. He's going to be like, don't put, that, don't put that shit out in public, Amy. True. <laughs> it's good now, though, but we need a website. So, but it's so true. You have to make sure your um, digital real estate's working. You know, everything's functioning. People can reach out to you, people can buy. You know, um, I went on some shopping sites and their websites weren't functional, you know, then how do you expect people to buy from you, right? Or if your contact button doesn't work. So those are things that you do have to pay attention to. Um, I want to hear from Jeremy, the retail Aha. guy. So Yeah, uh, the so new new retail guy. I should retail. call myself the new normal new normal retail guy. Uh, yes. I can I can go on because <laughs> there's a there's just so many things that you guys mentioned, uh like Jennifer mentioned and um Aldrich mentioned that's very relevant for retail. Uh, well, to Jennifer's point, uh, I don't think I have to feel bad about buying skincare because you're doing that for Kevin, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So anyway, yes. uh, there are a few things, right? Uh, if you talk about addresses, I think you don't have to think about one or the other. I mean, I just keep it real concise. They both have to exist, even more so for retail. I do mm. not know why, but for a very long time, you know, retail is still stuck in the location, location, location mentality. And a lot of them has not uh, 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 digitized their services. They don't have a shop front digitally, which is why, um, you know, in, in the retail industry, we call this pandemic the great accelerator because it accelerated a lot of these uh, physical stores to go online, to, digi- to have a digital storefront. Because if they don't do that, there's no way customers can reach them. So my point is don't think of one or the other. The two have to coexist mm-hmm. because... Like I said before, if this pandemic and lockdown has taught us anything, 
it is that retail therapy is important. You don't agree? Yes. Yes. Right. yes. Everyone wants to go into the shop. So two hundred and fifty percent. Exactly. Yeah. So you still need you still need a physical store. But what it boils down to is that the both have to coexist. Uh, and you have to think about how the two of them are going to be different uh, in terms of the function that they serve. Uh, in short, I would like to say that um, physical stores offer that experience. It builds that brand because that's mm -hmm. that's where it is. Um, in the physical store, you have uh, sales associates and their roles are far more important now than ever because that's what differentiates from the website. It's the mm -hmm. people who are serving you, right? To mm -hmm. Jennifer's point, mm -hmm. uh, if someone serves you with passion, they can get, uh, to, to, to Amy's point, if they get that thing to you on point, they know where mm -hmm. their stuff is, they know the knowledge uh, of the product, then you're going to buy from them because even more so now because with the pandemic, you know, like you guys mentioned, you're not going to screw around, risk your life and visit 10 stores to pick the decision on the same item to buy. <laughs> so anyone, which is the point to make, is anyone who steps in your store is going to buy very high potential. You know, window shopping uh, is not going to be as well uh, as, as practiced as before. You know, you want to minimize that. You go in for the kill. You go into the shop, you want to buy. Mm -hmm. so, so that makes the salesperson's role very important. Um, they have to capture your, your attention, meet your needs. If not, you're not going to buy you know, probably not even go there because you're risking your life every time. Uh, and you've got a queue to get in because with all the occupancy uh, requirements, right? Social distancing. So physical physical location is still important. Uh, digital is as well. Uh, for retail to work, you need to have both. But maybe for maybe for, for, for digital, uh, it's more of a transactional kind of a, a function, right? You can put your purchase in there, um, free delivery and all that. Uh, you can do a return or you can go and return uh, in store. Right, um, which is why in the U.S. there's thing called uh, BOPIS, right? Uh, buy online, pick up in store, B-O-P-I-S. I know that's hugely popular now, you know, with people like Amazon and all that. Uh, 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 sorry, no, not Amazon, uh, Walmart, right? And, and, and whoever else, uh, everyone's offering that. Uh, well, in this part of the world, in Asia, uh, still hasn't gone to that uh, degree yet because um, we are still very dense in terms of um, density. Uh, a lot of shops are available everywhere. You can just walk down and buy. Uh, so there's also the difference in how uh, the city is built out and uh, uh, culturally, uh, we let our stuff fresh and all that. So a lot of things comes into play. So, but in short, I just want to conclude one last thing. Uh, the thing about voice, voice assistant, right? Uh, we all know that uh, retail has been disrupted uh, with e-commerce. Uh, to some futurists that mentioned, uh, voice assistance is the next thing. Why? Because it all boils down to convenience, right? Uh, the reason why we went on, we switched from physical retail to e-commerce because it's of the convenience, not the pandemic. It's convenient. Uh, mm -hmm. You don't have to do a single thing. And just yeah. imagine that now with voice assistant, you don't even have to type on the keyboard to search. Mm. You don't have to. You just My kids ask. love that. My kids are yeah. all about like, like listening to all this Five Nights at Freddy music on my <laughs> Google Hub Nest. And I'm like, what are they listening to? It's creepy. But yeah, they just, yeah, it's all voice assist. Like, they just say it out loud. And the problem is, piece. though, if anyone has a speech impediment, they're screwed. Because <laughs> I've learned that firsthand with, like, <laughs> Siri doesn't yeah, got, understand anything we say. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's, some, there's some ads on that. You know, but anyway, the, the point really is uh, it appeals because... Humans are lazy, you want convenience. So it's the same thing as physical store versus digital store. If you're in the vicinity near to a mall and the, you know that a store there that has something you buy, you could buy straight away, you just 
walk there and, and get it, right? It's all about convenience. So it's not about location, physical, digital, or otherwise. It's all about convenience, uh, which is kind of the problem uh, every retailer wants to solve. Get it to you fastest, hopefully at the cheapest price or at the price you're willing to pay. So, so to me, in conclusion, uh, locations matter, whether it's digital or not, uh, and they exist for different reasons. They, 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 they perform different functions. So, so that's my, my quick roundup. And that's why um, McDonald has stand the test of time, right? Yeah, Over exactly. all the generations and all the years, that's one business that always survives. You know. Yeah, I'm 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 not so sure. I'm not sure so sure about Starbucks though, because now they're just trying to do this pick up and go away thing. But Starbucks has always been selling the third space, so it's a bit conflicting for them now. Well, it's been interesting you brought up Starbucks because I noticed even in our city. Um, they're closing a lot of their physical locations. So they, they really to, downsized. Yeah. They had like six or seven, and now they're down to like two or three. And I, I'm seeing Starbucks close because I went to get Starbucks, and I was like, oh, this one's closed. And then I went to another one, and it was closed. So I was like, huh. So I th found that interesting. But you brought up another point too, Jeremy. When you, we're talking about retail, right, I think people forget too um, – is used to when you have physical locations, it's important to have um, store displays. But now yeah. it's more important than ever to have your images and your pictures. You know, look at these successful brands on Amazon. You know, the ones that have product placement that's correct with the good right. images are the ones right. that are selling, you know. Yeah. And I think people go start paying attention to the aesthetics of their online presence more and more. And yeah, and it's, I agree. Because I think that does set a personal brand apart is the aesthetics, you know. Um, what else is going to separate it, you know, besides personalities? Yeah. It's, it's going to get interesting for physical stores as well because with this whole pandemic thing, uh, you go into a, a apparel store, but you can't test it. You can't go into the fitting room, right? Hmm. You go to this Hermes uh, bag or Chanel or whatever you got, you can't touch it. You can't feel it because you're not supposed to, right? You're going to transmit diseases or, or returns uh, have to be quarantined for 24 hours before they're put back on the shelf. So in a way, uh, physical stores, uh, it's going to be very challenging because they sort of lost their, their niche, their, their differentiator versus online stores. And, and yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting. It's very interesting times now. Mm, that's good. Good stuff. El Eldrick's in um, deep thought there. I'm just, I'm just thinking that um, I removed my earpiece because I have to charge my phone. Um, I'm just thinking <laughs> yeah, my that. Phone uh, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, stores that are predicated on products, on offering off shelves, that has to change because people are now getting very worried that there's some form of a barrier, a, a barrier, sorry, a barrier for whatever that we can't see, right? And if we catch yep. that, then the cost of actually getting to the store is going to be huge. And I'm not willing to pay the price if it's like 14-day quarantine or, or whatnot, right? Mm. But mm. I think stores that have their, their ideas and their brands predicated upon a customer experience, now that changes the game, right? First, you don't, you don't um, put out or utilize space to put products. You can keep that. You can keep that as part of uh, Amazon or an Alibaba strategy. 
you don't need that in the stores anymore, right? Only if yeah. you're interested and you make a purchase, that thing, you don't have to carry home. We will send it to you. Yeah. But when you're in the store, you can focus on our experience, right? So I think one of the one of the brands that I saw when I was in New York many years ago was was it Nike? Oh Chicago, sorry. I was in Chicago. Nike. There's there's a flagship store there. Yep. Very little products on the shelves. It's all about the sporting experience. The Nike way. Like, hey, young folks, experience a dunk. Experience yeah. a dunk. Right? Or like, you know, like this is the uh, how, how you can run around the basketball court. You don't have shoes there. You place the order, right? And then it gets delivered to you. So I think when it comes to retail, um, there's still a lot of room to run. Yeah. And um, there has to be a way in which that is predicated against experience. And not so much about, hey, I have uh, 100 lines of products here. Uh, it, it looks like this. The packaging is this. And uh, you know, it's safe and, and whatsoever. I, I think that um, that will also change the way some of the pharmaceuticals or guarded, uh, pharmacies seriously do you need to put the, the medicines on the shelf like i don't know you, you can tell me this brand this brand or this brand right and i'm like just give me the paracetamol that works and why do you want to waste that space have it have it more have more space for a holistic treatment and diagnosis Right, whatever that's required, let the Amazon model work for you. So to Kevin's point on collaboration and cooperation, I think we can do that. It's possible, but that is if we open our minds, right? So there's the cooperation, there's the transparency that Timothy mentioned. I think there's one point that to me is a big one, and that's decentralized media. Decentralized media. First and foremost, we're sick of mainstream media. I'm sick of it. I, I'm not an American, I declare. I'm not an American. I'm a true blue born Singaporean based in Singapore. I see the kind of news that's in the UK and the US. I'm like, man, I, I'm, I'm tired. I'm not even- Yeah, there. there's a lot. There's a lot of people like I'm that. Like, what, what, I think there's a lot of closeted right? YouTubers. So the decentralized media in itself will present a bundle and a host of opportunities. That's why it is important to be transparent and it's important to be ourselves online. The persona works. When you read my content, it's Eldrin, right? I, I literally got killed by one of my contents I put out yesterday on the cabbage thing. I'm like, I'm still getting <laughs> messages on like, oh, wow, you know, like uh, you're on a lower priority than the cabbage. And this, and I'm like, oh, okay, I, I better do something about it today. If not, people are just going to remember me as the someone or lower priority on the cabbage, right? So like Timothy is like a daddy of the teddy. <laughs> so I think decentralized media is going to be the huge thing. Decentralized media is going to be the huge thing. And we don't have to play the social game in social media. We should learn to play the media game in social media. Right? That's where we put our value out there. That's how we get ourselves out there. And let's not overcomplicate things. Uh, it's our persona that matters because if people can relate to us as Amy, as Timothy, as Kevin, as Jennifer, as Jeremy, or as myself, then that conversation is going to be a lot more genuine. Um, That's good. You don't literally have to break the ice. 
right? And and you probably don't have to do too much on your self-introduction and what you do is there. Like, like it's there, right? So that's what I think. Decentralized media. Great, man. That's awesome. Yeah, and for all those of you who's been on the show this whole time, <laughs> don't you feel like you guys know us a lot better after an hour and a half of us talking? So uh, I feel like I'm, we should go to the bar after this, right? I know that's how it feels. <laughs> There's a happy hour somewhere, <laughs> virtually, <laughs> right? Happy hour virtual. But I think, hey, I I think you know, there's gonna be virtual entertainment. You know that's gonna start happening. You know, like I, I, I'm already that. seeing DJ right, Kevin. You know, that's right. Oh, our bottom perspective. <laughs> I think that's quite entertaining and educational and all of the ease. So we but just need to figure out We just need to figure out how to um, do a show like this and partner with a bar where they can deliver the drinks to you. Right, oh, you know, it's it's already happening in China. Oh, really? It's already happening in China. Yeah, they're they, they totally play, down they for play that. Music, they play music over Zoom, and you can party. You know, it's already there. Virtual clubbing. Virtual clubbing. Sign yeah, it's me already up. There. Already is here. Real, is it in real time? Right, yeah, so yeah, yeah, in China. Yes. Sounds like we have our first bottoms up slash five on Friday collaboration. I did we're you opening a club, guys? We're open, you know we're I mean? in the club business. I've got a, I've only got a French Canadian and a random guy in Florida who's kooky as hell, and uh, another girl in Pittsburgh, like Timothy, right in your neck of the woods. Yeah, we can get down. <laughs> we should do it. Well, we appreciate everyone for hopping on the show tonight. You know, I know um, it's bedtime in the U.S. for a lot of folks. Um, tomorrow is um, Thursday, right? And then. Um, in the morning, um, for those in Singapore and Asia, you guys still have work. So, uh, yep. hey, thank you for sticking with us. And it was definitely fun. Amy, thank you for hopping on the show uh, to thank check you. out yours as well. Thank you, and um, thank you, everyone. Appreciate thank, it. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, guys. Good night, everybody. Thank you, Amy. Good night, guys. Good night, BP. Bye. Bye.